This is episode number 163, Perfection versus Excellence, Seeking Optimalism, Crush It Mondays. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. This is an episode of Crush It Mondays, where each week I'll bring you an inspiring message, habit, or contemplation to get your week off to a powerful start. In this week's episode, I want to talk about perfectionism. And the short answer is that there is no quick fix, but there are patterns we can identify and thought processes that we can practice. Before I get rolling, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a part of this podcast and for listening and for sharing all of the awesome episodes you're enjoying with your friends. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for the messages because that is so fulfilling for me to know that my podcasts are helping you to know that the hard work that I'm putting in is paying off in big ways and that this podcast is just a good part of your life that makes it a little bit better. If you want notifications of podcast episodes, I have a free weekly newsletter that comes out on Friday, and you can sign up for sonyalooney.com slash newsletter to get on the list. And when you sign up for my newsletter, you'll also get a free copy of my 21-page ebook called Partly Sunny, Cultivating a Resilient Mind. We have a bunch of fun things on sale for my company, Moxie and Grit. That is M-O-X-Y and grit.com. We have jerseys on sale. The majority of our socks are on sale and we're trying to hook you guys up for the holidays or maybe just hook yourself up. Socks always make great gifts and we also have things like t-shirts and hats and fun things like that. So go to moxieandgrit.com and check out the goods. If you're enjoying the Crush It Mondays, I also want you to know that I write these out as a blog post on my website and you can find it at sonyalooney.com slash podcasts and select Crush It Mondays from a drop down or you can go to sonyalooney.com slash blog where you will see all my blog posts. But I like to do them both in audio and text format because sometimes you want to go back and reference something, but you don't actually want to listen to the entire podcast episode. If you'd like to contribute and help cover the cost of my work, you can go to patreon.com slash the Sonia Looney show, or in the show notes, you can go to the donate button for PayPal. And that's a one-time donation if you would like to be involved and help support my work in a financial capacity. And thank you so much to those of you who have done that. It makes a big difference. And while the show is a huge investment for me, and I really enjoy doing it, anything that can help to cover the costs really does make a difference. I really enjoyed this week's topic and research for this episode and typically what gives me ideas for Crush It Mondays, and that's been something that some of you have asked me is how do I come up with these ideas? I'll see an article or it will be inspired by a book that I read recently or even in the past. If you've been listening to me for a while or you've read some of my other articles, you may have heard me say that I'm a recovering perfectionist. And yes, I used to be angry that an A- minus wasn't good enough. I still occasionally struggle with the appearance of a result not being good enough, like being ashamed of a race result. And even though that was my best on the day and I'm not making excuses for that, sometimes it's just really hard to accept that I got a second or a fourth or a 10th place. And there is a big challenge in asking what is good enough? We all know what perfectionism is, but where it comes from may vary from individual to individual. For me, it stemmed from wanting to meet the expectations of my parents, coaches, and peers when I was young, and it came from desperately wanting to fit in and believing that if I could be the best at everything and be perfect at everything, then people would love and accept me. 
And I talk about these stories in depth in my ebook that I mentioned in the intro, Partly Sunny, Cultivating a Resilient Mind. And if you want to read it, you can get it for free by signing up for my email newsletter, or you can buy it for $4.75 at moxieandgrit.com. Anyways, eventually, external expectations of others and the desire to be perfect so that people would love me became my own internal expectations. Perfectionism has many masks, and it happens when you hold yourself up to an impossible standard. The reasons you want to be perfect or do things a certain way are typically fear-based when you are a perfectionist. You're afraid you won't be seen in a certain way, or you're afraid it'll mean something about you if you're perceived a certain way. Perfectionists are driven by the need to prove themselves, not the desire to learn. And people with fixed mindsets tend to be perfectionists. And again, they are driven by the desire to prove themselves, not the desire to learn. There are three main patterns among perfectionists. They reject failure, they reject painful emotions, and they even reject success. Personally, I've been able to overcome the first two, but I still have a hard time with success and I tend to reject it. I have a very hard time celebrating my successes and not belittling them. And by not celebrating your success, you put off that feeling of accomplishment or fulfillment to the future when you can do something even harder. And when you do that, you still do not feel satisfied. One way that I practiced celebrating my success this year was I sat down and I wrote down everything that I was proud of that I accomplished. And that actually made me feel fulfilled and satisfied for my hard work where maybe those individual achievements weren't something that I sat down and celebrated. In the form of rejecting failure or painful emotions, it's about accepting that failure does not have to feel good. In fact, it never does. When does failure feel good? But it's also realizing that failure is part of the path and that it isn't a bad thing. You're probably not trying hard enough if you're always taking the safe way out. I say out loud to myself that I love failure. I love failure. I do not love the feeling like I'm not worthy or the hard work I'm putting in doesn't actually matter. And I've been experiencing this a lot lately. I negotiate all of my own sponsorships and a lot of those value propositions are based on the content that I create as a person and me as a person. So in the case of being rejected and trying to get new sponsors, it's really hard and I'll feel shame. I'll feel embarrassed. I'll feel like the work that I'm doing and working super hard is going nowhere and and it's not worth it. And sometimes I feel like giving up. And when I want to give up, I go for a walk, a run or a bike ride. And I try to process those gross feelings. But after I process them, a fire gets lit under me to work even harder to try something different. And maybe even just accept that it's just not the right time for the thing that I failed at. And this is a case with getting rejected from like a business opportunity or a person If you're being rejected, it isn't necessarily because you're a failure. It just might not be the right time or the connection with that person might not be right or the thing that you think is valuable and that might not be valuable to that person. But it doesn't mean that you're not valuable. In Tal Ben-Shahar's book, The Pursuit of Perfect, he described how to transition from being a perfectionist to being an optimalist. And an optimalist is another way of defining positive perfectionism. What made me want to do this Crush It Monday was actually an article I read about perfectionism versus excellence. But the more I dove into that, the more I realized that this is really more about optimalism. And I was reminded of this book and The Pursuit of Perfect was written in 2009. And I read it a few years ago, but it was fun to reopen it and go back through all of the really great advice in Talbin Shahar's book. And it starts with recognition of patterns and then working towards changing the way you think. 
There's no quick fix. There may not even be a permanent solution. In fact, I don't think there is at all. But we are able to recognize perfectionism and we have the power to prevent it from holding us back. For those of you who aren't familiar with Tal Ben-Shahar, he's actually a PhD from Harvard and he got his PhD in philosophy and organizational behavior studies. He says that the perfectionist fears failure, focuses on their destination rather than their journey, thinks in all or nothing terms, is a fault finder in themselves and in others, is overly defensive in response to criticism, is inflexible, is unwilling to accept and love themselves, is destined to never feel good enough, and is, they're constantly comparing themselves to an ideal that they think is perfect that is impossible. Practicing self-compassion is a great place to start to begin overcoming perfectionism and learning how to not fear failure, learning how to be flexible, learning how to feel good enough. And I've talked a great deal about how to have more self-compassion on this podcast. I've had Dr. Kristen Neff, who is one of the leading researchers in self-compassion on this podcast. And I put a link in the show notes to give you some actionable practices and also help you develop more confidence. And I covered that in another Crush It Monday episode. Perfectionists also tend to exhibit all or none thinking, as I just mentioned. And can you think of areas where you do that? And I do this with training and I have to continually ask myself if what I'm saying is true to overcome it. For example, if I can't ride my bike for a certain amount of time or hit a certain power number, I'm inclined to want to quit or not do it at all. And this doesn't happen every single time, but it does happen. Or say my ride window got narrowed because I spent too much time working. And now instead of having two hours to ride, I only have 45 minutes to ride. Well, sometimes I want to just not ride at all because I didn't get to ride for that perfect amount of time I had set for myself. But then I remind myself that most of the time, we're not going to hit perfect numbers. We may not ever be able to maintain this perfect schedule that we lined out for ourselves, and it might not even be a reasonable schedule. And the important part is just showing up and getting started. And of course, it does not apply if you truly need a rest day and we're talking about exercise. I've also discovered that I do this with writing. If I can't do a certain amount of writing, then I don't want to get started at all. And procrastination is another way all or none thinking can manifest itself. So can you think of ways in your life where you exhibit all or none thinking? Now let's talk about optimalists. Optimalists are adaptive. Instead of trying to be perfect, they try to be their best and pursue excellence instead of pursue perfect. How is excellence different from perfection? Well, excellence is the mastery of a task for the sake of the task itself. It's enjoying and focusing on effort and flow instead of the outward appearance of achievement or trying to prove to the world that you're good enough. An optimalist, like someone with a growth mindset, embraces setbacks and embraces that they are a part of reality and part of the journey, accepts them and understands that goals and people are adaptable. They're flexible, they're willing to experiment and take risks, they seek feedback and they see the benefits in criticism. And we don't have to enjoy criticism or think that it feels good in the moment, but we can look at criticism as a great opportunity to improve instead of proof that we aren't good at something or validation to others that we make lots of mistakes. Optimalists call something good enough as long as they have tried and they have defined it in a way that makes sense for them, which we'll talk about in a minute. By approaching challenges this way, it boosts your intrinsic motivation and self-determination. The self-acceptance of being an optimalist is also key. 
practicing self-compassion, learning to forgive yourself for your mistakes, learning to love the ups and the downs of the process is what leads to resilience. We punish ourselves if we don't look perfect in a photo or if we made a typo or if we messed up big time. But what can you appreciate about these instances to make you better for next time? If you're beating yourself up, ask why. Why are you trying to make yourself perfect? Why are you beating yourself up? What would you say if a friend of yours made the same mistake? What would you say to them? Go deeper and you'll probably find a deep-rooted wanting to feel connected, loved, and accepted by others. But that first comes with accepting yourself. And I've also mentioned in the past that being vulnerable in front of others is scary. But it's another way to realize that people actually do accept you, including all of your flaws. And most of the time, things that you think are a big deal or a big mistake or really horrible half the time people don't even notice because most of us are very focused on ourselves. And I don't say that in a negative way, but most of the time people don't notice those flaws that we're so ashamed of. Vulnerability helps with feeling accepted in many cases. Optimalists also try to look for opportunities in their setbacks. What can they learn? How can they reframe an otherwise negative situation? We've discussed this in the form of the ABC model in cognitive behavioral therapy. Ask yourself what you believe about the situation that just happened. Is that belief true? And can you challenge that belief and turn it into something productive? Our thoughts create our reality and it's incredibly powerful once you start tapping into what your thought processes are and when they are productive and when they are not. Perfectionism creates a barrier to even starting. So examples in my own life, every project I'm working on now, my apparel brand, this podcast, my weekly newsletters, doing my own graphic design, trying to edit my own websites, writing my own photography, training, being a new mom, public speaking. If I set out to be perfect at all these things, I'd probably never start. And I'm never going to be perfect at any of these things. And I know that the things I put out into the world have flaws. But if I focus on those flaws, I would never start. Another example is my Plant Power Tribe cookbook that some of you guys have purchased. I did all that work on my own and the photography in it is something that I know could be a lot better, but I did the best that I could with the tools that I had. And if I waited until having the perfect photos of the food that I put in that cookbook, if I waited, I probably never would have put that cookbook out. And instead of waiting and waiting, I just put it out and it's been helping people make positive changes to their diet. And that is so much more important than having a perfect photo. I start well knowing I'll improve over time and it's okay if something is out there and it isn't perfect. It's better to get started and get on the path than to be paralyzed by fear of failure or fear of not being perfect and never starting in the first place. Coincidentally, experimenting and stepping outside the box to try things and even the willingness to fail publicly gives me more confidence to do more and find out what I am capable of because I realize even if I put something out there that isn't perfect, it's still going to make a positive impact. I think it's also important to mention that there are areas of your life where you can be a perfectionist and areas where you can be an optimalist. And I admit that as a bike racer, that's where I struggle the most with perfectionism. And I am hard on myself when I make mistakes in a race, when I don't have a race result that I liked, if I accidentally went off course, if I made a technical error, I mean, things happen and I am harder on myself in those situations than I am in others. But most places in my life, I've grown into an optimalist because of these exercises, these thought processes, and just a general awareness whenever I'm trying new things and trying to figure out how I can be better instead of how I can be perfect. There's a couple more examples I want to share, and I put an image of this in the show notes that I actually uploaded from Tal Ben-Jahar's book, The Pursuit of Perfect. 
So he has two examples. The event. So the event is I failed an exam. And a perfectionist interpretation of failing an exam, they would say, I'm a loser and will never succeed. And they feel frustrated and inadequate. An optimalist would look at failing an exam as it is just one exam, big picture thinking, and next time I will make a greater effort. And they're hopeful. Another example, the event is I put on three pounds in three weeks. Well, this might have happened to some of us over the holidays or will happen over the holidays. And a perfectionist would say, I'm overweight and getting more so by the day. And they would get depressed. Or an optimist would say, being human, my weight fluctuates. I have not exercised for a month, but I will start again. Determination. So there are different ways at looking at a situation. And we get to choose how we want to interpret that situation so that we can either feel paralyzed or so we can feel hopeful and determined to make positive changes in order to put ourselves back on the trajectory in the direction that we want to go. My last point is back to talking about striving for good enough over perfection. And this is a difficult question to address because a lot of times we'll say, well, I don't want to just let myself off the hook and just say it's good enough. And that's definitely something a perfectionist would say. Good enough is not an excuse to be lazy or do the minimum, but chances are if you've made it this far in this podcast listening, you're not the type who is looking for a shortcut or to do the minimum. Good enough is defined differently by everyone, but I think a really good place to start is to take what your ideal of perfectionism is and take 10 or 15% away from that. What would it look like if you did 10 or 15% less? And instead of trying to be 100% at something, What if you just said, instead of saying, I'm going to be 100% better, just say, I'm going to be 10% better, or I'm going to be 1% better, and focus on making those small gains instead of looking at this big, overwhelming thing that you may or may not ever achieve. There's a link in the show notes I highly recommend you guys click on. It is a chapter-by-chapter summary of the pursuit of perfect, including Tal Ben-Shahar's exercises on how to work towards being an optimalist. So there's a link in the show notes again, and it's free and you can go through this material more in detail if you would like to work on this and you want to read more. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Crush It Mondays. I know a lot of us have holiday travel coming up. I hope that it's really fun and relaxing and that you can enjoy every moment of it. And even if you don't enjoy every moment of it, that's okay too. Wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you right back here in a few days. (laughs) 